The following program is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N Pets.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome. Happy Fourth of July weekend to you. Grab your pets, bring them on around the radio for another, a couple, at least a couple of hours of Animal Radio for you. A big show. We have Zach George. He'll be back. He's this revolutionary trainer, dog trainer who trains by making it fun for both the animal and you. And he has a brand new book out called The Dog Training Revolution. We will give away copies. Also on the way, we're going to talk to those cloning experts at Viagin again. They have some cloning success stories. They called me up last week and they said, Hal, we'd like to really share these with your audience. I said, let's go ahead and do that. So they'll be on with their cloning success stories in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Also, five things you must do before your pet goes missing. I can think of a couple. Don't let them go missing. (laughs) <laughs> well, and this is especially an important topic before the holiday. Yes. And, yeah. you know, a lot of pets get afraid of the noises and the, the boom from fireworks. So this is a very important topic. Everyone needs to listen up. Yeah, yeah the week after 4th of July is the busiest week in shelters. Yep. Wow. They, all these animals run away because they get mm-hmm. scared from the boom, boom, boom. They end up usually in the shelters. So we'll find out exactly what's on Robert's mind in just a couple of minutes right here. On Animal Radio, what are you working on over there in the newsroom, Lori? Oh, Hal, you know I am a total sucker for a guy who loves a cat or any <laughs> animal. But you know, you're you're a guy who loves cats, and okay. I because I, it's just not the typical. We women love animals differently, and anyhow, there's a filmmaker who has a cat, and they've been in the news before. A blind cat. Oh, and uh, yeah, he's making movies about her. Just a real touching story. I noticed you have a lot of cat stories in today's uh, news. Very cat-centric. Cats and chickens. Cats and chickens. <laughs> cats and chickens. Yes, I do love myself some cats, and people make fun of me because I like cats. You know? I, I know, and I don't know why that is, but we need to make it acceptable. Yes. There's a Actually, you know, there's a good Facebook page called Show Your Soft Side, and it's all about, like, big macho men loving Aww. dogs and cats. Yeah, I'm not a big macho man, but... <laughs> Okay, skinny macho guy. Look at uh, Joey Volani, for instance. I mean, he's a, he's a pretty macho, macho guy. guy and, uh, yeah. You'd, if you ran into him in a dark alley, you would run the other way. You'd be scared. But uh, And I can say that because he's not in the studio right now. <laughs> but you could see if you saw him with little kitties, little kittens in his hand. Or saw him with his bird gurney. Yeah. Yeah. You'd understand that. Yep. Uh, let's uh, go to the phones for your calls. That's the most important part right now. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. And let's go to, is it Lily or Lily? Lily. Hi, Lily. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. I've got the good doctor right here. What's up? Awesome. Thank you so much for taking my call. So um, about a week or so ago, I noticed that our dog had a watery eye. It was a little bit lower than her other eye, but it just looked like maybe she's um, a chihuahua and a weenie mix. So she likes to go outside and dig around and and mess around like in the backyard with the tomato plants and just, you know, like walk into stuff. So we thought maybe, you know, she brushed it up against something. It just looked watery and a little bit lower. So we took her to the vet and he thought when just by looking at her that she had a conjunctivitis. Okay. And um, 
once, you know, he was telling us about that, you know, and what it meant, and but he hadn't touched her yet. He was just kind of like looking at her from, from a distance. Then when he got up close to her, you know, he pulled down her eyelid to make sure, and that's like when this thing just kind of like popped out, and he said mm-hmm. it was called a cherry eye. So he's like, uh, forget everything I just said about the conjunctivitis. <laughs> this is not conjunctivitis. She has cherry eye, which I had never heard of. Yeah. So Neither have I. I yeah, panic mode. Panic mode. It looked like like an actual cherry was in her eye when he pulled down her lower lid. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So, oh, yes. Yeah. So, um, what did you end up doing for it? Okay, so at that moment, um, he was like, look, I, it looks bad. It's, it's really not. What it is is the third um, eyelid, there's mm-hmm. a, a tear duct or a, some kind of a duct, and it's blocked or... He was saying something like it's shaped like a T and it, you know, could be, you know, damaged. It could be broken. It could be, you know, this is hereditary. It could be that she like brushed up against something or that, you know, maybe poked, got poked by. Right, right. So, but what did you end up doing or did you make a decision on steps on how to manage this? Well, at that moment, he was like, you know, we can do surgery on it. Um, but at this point, you know, he suggested that we take this BNP ointment, which is a, like a cortisone ointment, I think, um, put the ointment in her eye two times a day because that way it'll help the, the swelling go down. And he said that we could manage it by doing that because if it happens once, it can happen again. And not only can it happen again, but it can also go to her other eye. Um, and he told us the risks of surgery that he said, mm-hmm. you know, do the surgery, take it out, you know, take that, the piece of the duct out, put a couple of stitches in there, but that the, the rate of it actually working is, it might come back in other words. Right, right. Okay, so, so let me give you my spiel on the cherry yeah. eyes because, Thank um, obviously Hal's never heard of this, so cherry yeah. eye is just kind of a, a general term for, um, what we, it's basically a prolapse of a gland in the third eyelid. So dogs have three eyelids, the regular ones that have hair, and then the one, the third one is in the corner of their eye. You don't normally see it. It kind of tucks down below the eyelids unless they're experiencing pain or inflammation, and then you kind of see it rise up. Um, And within that third eyelid, there is uh, a gland that produces tears. So in dogs with a cherry eye, um, what generally happens, there's a combination of factors. There is a genetic tendency for a cherry eye, and we do see it in certain breeds. We see it a lot in chihuahuas. We see it in bulldogs, cocker spaniels. Um, I have to say a lot in beagles. And so there's some genetic link to that. And, and basically, it, it means that there's some looseness to the connective tissues along that eyelid. So some dogs also, it may be precipitated by things like allergies, uh, conjunctivitis, inflammation, things like that. So it might kind of be a combination of factors. So, But when it does occur, um, it's not something that's contagious to the other eye. So I wouldn't say your dog's other eye may catch it, but your uh-huh. dog may have that tendency for it in both eyes. So so even though it's not apparent in the second eye yet, it may down may very well be down the road and show up. 
Um, so if, if we definitely have a, a established cherry eye, surgical replacement is the preferred treatment of these things. And I do sometimes play with these if they're, you know, really small and not that established. I might put a little anesthetic in the eye and pop the gland back in temporarily and use some mm-hmm. topical medications to see if we can keep the inflammation at bay. But it, it's generally a temporary thing and most dogs will go on later to have, you know, the gland pop out. So that cherry kind of comes right out and is very apparent. Um, and you know, it, right now that you just described it, that's exactly what he did. Okay, because yeah. when, when he took her in the back, he did the, the fluoros, uh, is it a fluorosco? Fluoros- Fluorescein stain, yeah. There you go, to make sure that she didn't have any scratches in her eye. Exactly. After he did that, he said, you know, I was able to pop it back in. I, I was like, I don't even want to know what that it, It's not horrible. No, no, it's not horrible. It's a little anesthetic we put in the eye, and it's a little kind of manipulation with a Q-tip on the eyelid. So it's not a big deal. It's not horrible. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Well, then that makes sense, too, because then after we left and we you know, were talking about it, now, obviously, if surgery is the best option for her, then that's definitely what we'll do. But what really freaked me out is that I got online and I started seeing, you know, message boards about, you know, people that had been dealing with, you know, their pets having cherry eye. There's YouTube videos about, you know, showing you how to massage the gland back. Yeah. So there's just like so much stuff out there. And I thought, you know what? This is, this is crazy. Either I'm going to go based off of what, you know, her vet says, who's been, you know, her vet, we can get a second opinion and, you know, we need to leave it at that because there's just too much craziness out there that you can get your hands on. True death. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you can you can look online and see videos on how to do surgery on your pet, but that doesn't mean we want you to do it. So yeah. No, for cherry eye, my my spiel on cherry eye is really that um, if we have the gland sticking out, the best thing is to replace it. One is we don't want to remove the gland because a lot of people will say, oh, can you just cut it out so we're done and over with, and there's no risk that this will come back popping out. Yeah. And we do want to preserve that gland. We don't want to remove it because it does have important tear function for the eye, and we can set up the eye um, for becoming a dry eye if we take that gland out. So we want to preserve yeah. it. Usually there's a couple different techniques that veterinarians will use. There's what we call a pocket technique, and there's also an anchoring technique. Um, depends on what your veterinarian likes to use and what their comfort level is. And I usually, I too, warn people, hey, you know, this can come back. So my choice mm-hmm. in when I recommend surgery is I approach this one or two ways. One is you want to see a board-certified ophthalmologist. I got three of them in my town. Absolutely. We can send you straight there and you'll have the best chance of the best outcome of the surgery. But otherwise, this is a surgery a lot of veterinarians do in general practice. So yeah. as long as your veterinarian is comfortable with that, you know, then I'll, I'll tend to do that surgery. Um, uh, if it comes back a second time, yeah, then, then maybe I'll, I'll kind of encourage that client to go see a specialist because, um, it really depends a lot on the shape and the depth of the, um, the orbital rim, um, underlying factors. If we've got a lot of conjunctivitis, allergies, and other types of eyelid disorders on, you know, mm-hmm. what our likelihood is to come back. So, uh, but all that being said, if, if it's there, I would do surgery. Um, and, um, I would definitely not focus on trying to massage to do something on a long-term basis. I don't think that'll help you at all. And it'll just right. make you go crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness. You, you have no idea. Thank you so much, doctor. I really appreciate, you know, your thoughts on it because it's, you know, when your vet is telling you something, it just, and not that I don't, obviously I trust him. You know, he's, he's her vet for a reason. And, you know, we've been with him since mm-hmm. she was a puppy, since we rescued her. But it just makes, you know, you feel so much better to hear it from someone, from another professional that, sure. you know, knows what they're talking yeah. about, that you've listened to. So 
it just makes me feel more comfortable with the decision of, you know, going ahead and, and having him, you know, go ahead, uh, take care of it. All right. Well, glad I could be of some help. And yeah, isn't that a great weight off your chest? Because all that worrying, it just drives us pet owners crazy. Um, And it also just says something about Dr. Google, too. You can really find just about anything online. And there's a lot of misinformation. So I'm glad that you're listening to the to the guy that went to school and uh, is versed in taking care of your animal. Probably has your exactly. Yeah. Lily, thanks so much for your call. Toll free. Thank you, guys. 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team, where you can ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Welcome to the show that really stinks. Odor events brought to you by Citrus Magic. Today, the Jones family will name all the odor events they can in 30 seconds. Ready? Go! Rotten garbage can. Yes, Molly! Ew, musty basement. Good, Jimmy! Poopy diaper. (laughs) Yep, Haley! Smelly socks. Yes, Dave! Stinky litter box. Yes, Molly! Ugh, funky fridge fumes. Good, Jimmy! Honey odor pee! Yes, Haley. Dad's feet. Wait, cat pee. You're out of time. But I'm sorry. See you again next week for... That's squirrel. Odor Events, the show that really stinks. Get rid of the odor events in your home with Citrus Magic. The strength of its citrus makes odors disappear, leaving the fresh scent of natural citrus. Look for Citrus Magic in the air freshener aisle in Target, Kroger, Safeway, Publix, Walmart, and other fine stores everywhere. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. How apropos we're an American band for our 4th of July weekend. A three-day weekend for many of you. You're lucky if you do get the three-day weekend. I hope you're out with your animals. But, uh, you know, on the 4th of July, sometimes it's not so fun to be out with your dogs. They kind of freak yeah. out sometimes. Uh, it depends, I guess, what kind of dog you have. If they're, I guess some dogs are more easy with the, the noises than other dogs. Uh, oh, we, absolutely. We keep our dogs inside at night when the fireworks go off. At night, they, in fact, we just we turn on a little music so they can't hear the fireworks. And, and our cat. Let's not forget the cats. Yeah, the cats we have too. a cat that, yeah. that is afraid that runs into the bed for any kind of loud noises, whether it's fireworks or thunder. And what do you do with your dogs, Doc? Well, I actually, um, I either take them out of town and get far away from humanity <laughs> where there's no sounds, or I, I hold them up in the inside of the house. So my, my strategy is I really wear them out, exhaust them, take them hiking in the morning so that they are really tired. And then otherwise I set up a kind of internal barrier. So I turn on music throughout the house, the television, give them a good shoe bone, um, and uh, really try not to kind of uh, pay attention to when they're showing fear, and rather I reward them for being calm, quiet and uh, being confident. And then throughout the year, I also do desensitize them oh. uh, to, to the sound of fireworks. So I do that with playing um, internet uh, audio tunes of uh, fireworks going off. And or then what storms. do you do? So you play the fireworks and then you give them treats or what? Yeah. So we play it at a really low level and um, I just play it quiet enough that they can hear it, but not so much that they're responding. So I watch their body language. So I watch to make sure their eyes, ears are comfortable. They're not lip licking. They're not starting to pant or get up and get 
get nervous. And as long as they're calm, cool, and quiet, I'm like tossing treats to them. And then uh, gradually I'll work the level of the volume up and uh, get them more and more used to that. And there's even an app I have on my phone called uh, Puppy School. And um, on there it has all sorts of different sounds like fireworks it has tractors busy streets hair dryers and if you you could actually desensitize your pet to this before they have a fear and it's even better um to train a pet to not be afraid of those sounds before they get older okay so this is not something we can do in the next two days this is something that has to be done all throughout the year yeah no that'll be homework for next year yeah but uh you know a lot of dogs will you know we prescribe tranquilizers i use natural supplements like l-theanine or the milk protein zilkine to help calm pets and then pheromones really to kind of do what we can to make them as comfortable and calm as we can okay so have yourself a very safe fourth of july weekend and uh thank you for joining us today in a few minutes, we're going to talk to Zach George. He's the uh, young guy. I'm not going to say it. He, he, he's younger than... He's a trainer. <laughs> he's a, tra- he's a competent trainer. Yes. <laughs> I guess his training method is youthful. You know, he's not the one that wants to scare your dog into... Dominating. Dominating yeah. that. And uh, you can check him out on YouTube. And he gives out free dog training tips and free YouTube videos. So, I mean, you can learn how to train your dog. Some of these things right from the video. Brand new book. We'll give out some of his books, and he'll be on the way in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, Robert Simrose here with five things you must do before your pet goes missing. These are things that you don't want to do after they go missing. And yeah. Just around the corner right here on Animal Radio. Also, this hour, we're going to hear some cloning success stories from Viagen. Find really? Out some animals that uh, have been cloned. And I'm curious. Exactly. I am curious, too. You know, I've always been on the edge about this whole thing, and I'm just Mm -hmm. learning. There's a lot of implications to cloning, as everybody knows. Lori, what are you doing over there in the newsroom? I see Gordy is sleeping out loud. (laughs) Actually, that's Gordy and Lucy, so it should be doubly loud. Yes, that's probably what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Thunderstorms don't affect them here. Uh, Coming up, there's this company in Colorado pretty earthy area, uh-huh. and they've developed a great product, I think. I don't know how it's going to taste, but it's the equivalent of wine for your cat. Cat wine? Cat wine. Cat yeah. wine. Okay. Yeah. That sounds intriguing. Yeah. I've always thought when I'm enjoying <laughs> a glass of wine and my cat's just sitting there that I feel like I'm doing it alone. Oh, yeah. Well, they're staring at you like they want you to share. Okay. Well, so well, it, this could be a bonding experience for you. Okay. We'll find out more with Lori Brooks in just a second. 1-866-405-8405. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the Animal Radio app for iPhone uh, and Android and BlackBerry. Brought to you by Doctors Fosters and Smith. Hey, it's Alan Cable. Got an email from a listener. How do I stop my dog from jumping on people? That's a pretty common problem. Chances are you're unwittingly rewarding your dog for jumping on you. I was at the dog park the other day. There was a nice lady there. We got into a conversation. She kept going, go ahead, play, play, come on, come on, to her dog. And uh, I finally said, your dog is playing. Every time you say that, you're confusing him because he runs over and jumps on you. He's already doing what you want and doesn't know what you want him to do. He's going to play on his own. All you have to do is stand there and he really doesn't understand what you're saying it was interesting for me i could see the confusion in her dog but she couldn't he was already playing with another dog and every time she started saying this stuff he stopped to run over and jump on her dogs don't understand your sentences they do get your tone though whether you're in a good mood or a bad mood so when the dog was jumping on her she was getting more excited with her voice but shooing him away with her hands so he's confused it's just all confusing i'm confused anyway if your dog is jumping on you and other people especially when you're greeting them 
them, don't speak to them in a positive manner. Make sure there are no rewards for your dog when he's jumping on you or other people. Even dog lovers who tell you they don't mind your dogs jumping, tell them, no, 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 no. Dogs can't distinguish between, oh, I can jump on him, but I can't jump on her. It's either all or nothing with a dog. He can either jump on everybody or nobody. We always talk about setting your dog up for success, so think about how you'd be setting your dog up for failure if you scolded him for jumping on one person, but rewarded him for jumping on you or another. Wouldn't that be unfair and confusing and create anxiety in you if you were that dog? Well, that's what it does. So if your dog jumps on you when you get home, make it a non-event. Don't talk to your dog. Don't greet him for about 15 minutes after you get home. This will make your dog calmer, less anxious. Then when you do say hi, bend over and pet him at his level. This way he doesn't have to jump on you. And finally, teach your dog the sit and off commands. You do this by correcting your dog quickly and sternly when he jumps on you. And then when he sits, you tell him he's a good dog. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, canine caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. So you love your cat, of course you do, and you love your wine. (laughs) Here is the perfect thing for you. A Colorado company called Apollo Peak has come out with a non-alcoholic beet-based wine for cats that also happens to be safe for humans and dogs. you got to love that. Mm. Now, it comes in two varieties. The red is called Pinot Meow, (laughs) and the white wine is Moscato. So maybe what you would say, Moscato? I'm not sure. Moscato, yes. They say that both of the wines have a proprietary blend that includes all-natural, organically grown catnip infused into it, fresh beets, and natural preservatives that will help to hold the taste and color. Now, the lack of alcohol means, you know, nobody's going to get drunk from drinking this wine, but... Because it does contain organic catnip, which can produce a kind of drunken reaction, remember, you know, you know how cats, when they smell catnip, they become goofy, move around a lot, get kind of weird? Now, the opposite happens when they eat it, or in this case, drink the catnip. So they will become more mellow, like us, when we have a glass of wine. (laughs) Just sitting there, (laughs) cat on your lap, you know, feet up in the air, everybody just reclining, just having a nice glass of wine. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I can see that. Did you know the average dog can understand more than 165 words? Now, as technology advances, and, you know, gosh, does it ever, because we report about it every week, and as, you know, technology advances, animal research improves, humans and pets might just soon be able to communicate even better as scientists and researchers are really working hard to bridge our communication gap. There is so much work being done in this field as the money to be made, of course, from products for companion animals continues to skyrocket. For example, here's some of the projects in the works. At North Carolina State University, an engineering team is developing a smart harness for dogs, which uses vibrations to send commands. Now, at 
Georgia Tech, there's a researcher there who has designed computerized vests for service dogs that release audio messages when mechanical levers on that vest are pulled. So, for example, if the dog's owner, say, has a seizure, the dog would be wearing the vest, and by pulling a lever, he could verbally ask someone nearby for help. Also in the news, over in Cambodia, rats are now being used to sniff out landmines and proving to be, they say, more effective even than metal detectors. Stevie, a blind cat, have you heard about her? No. She hikes with her human. Yeah, she's back again blazing some new trails. Filmmaker Patrick Kaur is her owner and his cat Stevie. They gained a huge following last year after, you know, he's a filmmaker. He made this beautiful video that showed him and the blind calico kitty going on a hike in Ireland you know, which is gorgeous. He says he made the film because he really wanted to just kind of capture how he truly felt about Stevie and then share that with the world in a meaningful way. And he did a great job. But since then, Stevie's love for the outdoors has really continued to grow. And now Patrick has made a new video of them climbing the highest peak in Ireland at 3,400 feet a trek that took them almost six hours. And even better, they raised more than $1,000 for animal charities, including the very same shelter where Patrick adopted Stevie four years ago. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, and over the last several weeks, we've been talking about cloning and genetic preservation with Viagen Pets. And we're visiting with Melaine Rodriguez. She's the client services manager over at Viagen Pets. Melaine, how are you doing? I do great, thanks. I understand you've just delivered several cloned kittens. That's right. Um, I'll tell you, I have personally been present for every cloned kitten delivery to date. And I'll tell you, this is one of my favorite parts of my job. It's such a happy and emotional experience. Um, one delivery that stands out in my mind just happened this past December, and the clients had preserved the cell line with us through our genetic preservation service about five years ago when their beloved Siamese cat had passed away suddenly. And at that time, cloning wasn't available anywhere, but the clients preserved the genetics with wow. the hope that one day they might be able to clone their cat. So about a year ago, uh, we sent a letter out to all of our feline genetic preservation clients announcing that we were cloning cats. And this particular client called immediately when she got our letter and said, sign me up. And uh, so we started the process. It went very smoothly. I am with the client every step of the way from start to finish, giving them pregnancy updates and updates on birth. And in this situation, two beautiful kittens were born. They were both genetic twins to the original cat. And they stayed with us until they were about 8 to 12 weeks of age. So how many are cloned? How many do they receive? Can it be four or five, or is it one, two? Well, cloned kittens, it could be more than one. Cloned litters are inherently smaller than average litters. Oh. But we estimate litter size to be one to three kittens. And so the client gets as many kittens as are born in the litter. Can you clone a clone? You could. You wow. absolutely could. You mentioned earlier that the kitten parents, they actually genetically preserved the DNA many, many years ago, not necessarily knowing what they were going to do with it at the time. Is that correct? That's right. And so we've been doing this genetic preservation for cats and dogs for over 12 years now. 
So the majority of our clients who had done that um, preserved the cells with us knowing that they may not be able to clone now, but hopefully someday they could. And so that time is now. And so those clients that had been storing cells with us for you know, over a decade, some of them, um, are, were just amazed. So those cells, once they're stored, they're viable indefinitely. They can be stored for any length of time and wow. can be cloned at any point down the road. So I could just have, uh, I could just do the genetic preservation on my cat and not necessarily go through the whole cloning process at this point. That's right, and that's what most clients choose to do, is just store the cells now and then clone at some point down the road. You're not obligated to do the cloning right now. What's the reaction you see from the clients who are taking delivery of a new kitten or a puppy? It, I'll tell you, it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, you can't imagine the excitement and the emotion that goes on. Uh, they're crying, I'm crying. It's just it's such an <laughs> emotional experience. And for most of these clients, I've been there from the very beginning. Um, this this cat with that these kittens that were delivered in December, I was the one that took the phone call when the original cat had died. So mm. I cried with the client over the phone when the cat died and then those same tears came when i handed over those kittens to the client so it's it's just really came full circle so i'm so happy to be a part of this process it's just amazing if somebody wants to talk to you directly they can do that right they can i'm happy to talk to anybody i love to share my stories and talk with people they can call me at 888-876-6104 and they can find more information online at viagenpets.com Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List, five things you must do before your pet goes missing. Having a pet go missing is one of the worst experiences a family can have. Your loved one got out an open door, slipped through a hole in the fence, or was maybe taken while you were at work. It doesn't really matter how it happened. The result is still awful. Your beloved pet is now lost, and you are now frantic to find them. Fear not, as I'm going to share five things you must do before your pet goes missing so that you're prepared and can jump into action. So this is never a great feeling and often is an overwhelming time. Thus, the importance of preparing ahead of time. Remember, the worst time to have to learn something is when you have to do something. So let's start with the simple act of taking some updated photos of your pets. These days, there's no excuse not to have up-to-date photos of your pets. Next up, See the pet, be the pet. That's right. Get down to the pet's eye level and look at the world from their point of view. Go to the areas that your pet is in and imagine that area as a curiosity-filled wonderland. Look around for any possible dangers or, as important, any escape routes. It's amazing the amount of times people will say, I can't believe they got out of that tiny space or area. Let's move on to one of the most important things that every pet guardian should do, and that is microchip your pet. If you've microchipped your pet, when's the last time that you updated it? A microchip is only effective when it can be read by the scanners, and the information it brings up must be up-to-date and accurate. And we've all heard the tear-inducing stories of pets being reunited with their families weeks, months, even years after being lost because someone was able to read the microchip inside the animal. That brings up another point. Make sure that your local shelter's scanners can read the microchip that you have inside your pet. Many chips are universally read these days, but that wasn't always the case. So take a quick trip to your local vet or shelter and ask them to do a test reading of the microchip. Next up, consider one of the numerous collar attachments, GPS tags, and more that are able to tell you when your pet has gotten outside of their normal area. 
Some of the advanced products offer the ability to set up virtual perimeters that alert you if your pet goes outside of that boundary and tracks them until you are reunited. Finally, get to know your neighbors and let them know you and your pets. My dog Sugar was known to the neighborhood and on a few occasions went and had treats with the neighbors before heading back home under their watchful eye and kind and caring hearts. Some pets have wild and free spirits that will cause them to occasionally want to wander. I believe, because Sugar shared this with me, that our pets aren't running away. Instead, they're just trying to find us without a map. Share your pet safety tips and more on our Animal Radio Facebook page. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again, the one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places, too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido Friendly Magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Well, this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals. Canned food for dogs and cats, always made in the USA with natural functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Learn more. Head on over to their cool website at RedBarnInc.com. Thanks, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. one 405 8405 And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Let's go to Dorothy. Hey, Dorothy, how are you doing? Um, my son's got a Samoy, and she's between five and six years old. She supposedly has a little mix of Australian Shepherd, he thought, they told him. Hmm. Uh, she's all white except for a, you know, a real light-colored saddle. Okay. Now, the problem is, uh, two months it's been, she got her usual uh, shampoo and haircut, and her hair hasn't grown back, but her skin has turned almost a black. It's so gray. Wow. And it's all on your back. What else mm-hmm. can I say? Okay. It's so the loose or flaky. I've checked it, you know, tried to flake it, and it doesn't. And only a little hair around her neck and legs has grown, none on the back. Okay, so the hair, or I'm sorry, the skin is discolored. The hair itself that's growing in is the normal color? Yeah. The okay. hair's the normal color. Okay. And you said it's been how long since she was shaved? About two months. Two months. Okay. Uh, okay. So, I mean, definitely we can have some problems where, and this is one of the kind of reasons that we don't advocate shaving the double-coated Arctic breeds, is because oh. it can really alter the regrowth 
of that hair. So in a kind of a normal healthy pet that has a double coat, when we shave them down, we can get uneven hair regrowth. And it actually can cause a um, what they call a hair cycle arrest or post-clipping alopecia. So it kind of stunts the hair follicles in the um, area where they've been shaved. And um, usually after several hair growth cycles, then it may grow back normally. But that, that's assuming that we're not continuing to shave the pet. Okay, so no. so that's uh, certainly a, a possibility in a completely healthy, normal pet. And we can actually even see some color change in the skin. And that, again, is from just kind of the, um, just the kind of the effect the shaving has on the hair follicle itself. However, I will tell you that there are some health conditions that also that makes me think about. And a lot of those tend to be things of the hormonal nature. So we can see hormone problems. Okay. So we can see problems where hair doesn't grow back in the normal fashion in pets that have problems with their thyroid gland, mm-hmm. um, their adrenal gland, um, as far as in other pets um, that have uh, types of uh, skin infections that are going on. So it would certainly be something I would, you know, raise um, that concern with my veterinarian and just, you know, inquire, do I need to have him tested or have her tested for um, a low thyroid? Um, is there any, okay. yeah, is there any other kind of skin concern that they would have? If so, then I'd pursue that and look at that. But otherwise, if they don't feel there's anything abnormal health-wise with um, your dog, then I would say, okay, let's, you know, reconsider the shaving. And uh, I'm more of a fan of uh, thinning a hair coat, but to actually shave them all the way down to the skin, you do remove some of that protective mechanism of that, that hair. Okay, now she's never been shaved this um dog grooming place just mm-hmm. cuts her hair but it's not shaved okay per se it's cut shorter mm-hmm. and he took her to the vet he spent a few hundred dollars getting vet checked and tested and okay. all he's been told it was like a seasonal thing okay change of seasons caused it yeah but yeah. she looks like she needs a bath because the skin is so darkish yeah, and and so I'll kind of leap ahead. So if you if the veterinarian did do some blood work, did a chem panel, and they did a thyroid level on on her, and they said all of that looked good, then yes, it is possible we can have a type of a seasonal or what they call a flank alopecia. And we see this a lot in um, actually in boxers where they'll get kind of hair loss and a blackening of the skin along the you know, the sides of the uh, the back. So if we think it might be something like that, then I actually do advocate using melatonin um, and that can help. Otherwise, um, the seasonal problem tends to, you know, go away and the hair coat restores itself when you get out of that season. So that is a possibility, but, you know, I'd like to make sure that, you know, we do all our due diligence, check out all those health possibilities. So I just yeah. make sure you ask yeah. a couple good questions pointed um, to the veterinarian to see yeah. if they did, well, in fact, check that. You take your dog and he sees it and you tell him what's wrong. I'm, it's, I'm disappointed that the doctor, uh, you know, couldn't find a reason and didn't. You know, I well, guess he yeah. did blood tests, he lab work and stuff because it was a few hundred dollars. 
Yeah. Well, and, and very honestly, um, you know, even if I saw your dog right now, I, I probably couldn't tell you with looking. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it does require, you know, not only just lab work, but it can even require a skin biopsy if we want to have a definitive answer. Yeah. Now there's yeah. kind of operating with some good assumptions and that may be what you may need to settle for, you know, if we're not going to go into, you know, a biopsy at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as she's not uncomfortable, scratching, no. itching, chewing no. herself. No. Okay. She's good. as active and healthy as can be. Now, you think in time this will change back? Well, it kind of depends, again, what the cause of that is. If it's a seasonal alopecia um, or a clipping alopecia, then, yeah, time will tell, and we should see hair regrowth, um, you know, many months down the road. Oh, um, okay. So, and, and I would, again, I'd ask the veterinarian, hey, some other vet said something about using melatonin if you think it's the seasonal alopecia. Do you think that sounds reasonable? And, and just to make sure that, you know, that veterinarian and I are talking the same talk because they may have other suspicions than what I'm referring mm-hmm. to. Okay. Okay. Well, well good luck with that. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate all of that information. Thank you so much, Dorothy. Let us know how it goes. If uh, you want to talk to the doctor just like Dorothy, you can call one 866 405 or you can ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. For over a decade, Viagen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Viagen Pets providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for Animal Radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, thank you, big guy. This hour, we're going to talk to Zach George. This is his second time on Animal Radio? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've seen him on YouTube. Uh, he's uh, He has a lot of free advice, which is it's pretty cool to see a dog trainer giving out free advice on YouTube videos, showing you how to train your dogs. Most of them want to charge for that kind of stuff, but yeah, he's but he's got not only is it free, it's great advice. He knows his stuff, and you can find a lot of crap on the internet. This is good stuff. This is stuff <laughs> that I would train my dogs with, and you should check it out if you haven't. Hey, he'll be on the show. That, of course, the pinnacle of his career. Forget the YouTube. Forget the CBS. Uh, <laughs> who let the dogs out in Animal Planet shows? This is really where he makes his mark right here on Animal Radio. All <laughs> uh, right. Okay, he's on the way. What are you working on, Lori? Well, you said you could find a lot of crap on the Internet. You can find a big pile of it in Spain. Oh, yes. They have that, yeah, that big inflatable pile of dog doo-doo. Yeah, how's that going? Um, uh, well, it, it's um, an, an update on that, Cal, coming up for you. <laughs> Not so well. Okay, we'll have to find out about that big pile of poop in Spain. And that's on the way right here on Animal Radio. Let's go to the phones for your calls right now. one 405 Can we go to this one? It's been blinking all afternoon. Go ahead. Okay. Pick it up, Hal. Hey, Karen. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Where are you? Uh, right outside Chicago, Illinois, Chicago. in Glen Ellen. Chicago. Okay. Well, what's going on with your pets? I have Dr. Debbie right here, and I understand you need to talk to her. 
Yeah, you know, I had I was listening to your senior show, and you're talking about a lot of different things. But one thing um, that I didn't hear that was touched on is I have about um, he's about 11 years old. He's adopted, so I don't know exactly. And um, he's got arthritis in his back end, and therefore it's real hard for him to maintain um, muscle. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if there's a way that I can either through exercise or some type of diet build muscle or at least maintain what he has because it so it doesn't atrophy. Exactly. And that's the active word right there. So I'm so glad you said that, Karen. Um, when our pets have chronic pain, arthritis, it causes them to not use their muscles in the full range of motion. And that re- results in disuse atrophy. So the legs get skinnier. And then as a consequence of that, they get less strong. So pets may be unsteady. They may be wobbly. And they may not be as sure-footed. So that's kind of all that cascade of effect. And the basic problem is, arthritic pain there. So the most important thing is that we address the pain on many different levels. So that might be a combination of using joint supplements, might be non-steroidal pain medication um, that we might have prescribed by your veterinarian, and we might use like other pain medicines. There's a great one called Tramadol that we use a lot for older pets um, as another way of attacking their pain. And then... with a shot. I'm sorry? Is that pill form or is it with a shot? Tram- That's a Tramadol, pill form. Tramadol, it? Tramadol, yeah. And we can use that along with a lot of these other medicines to kind of complement them. So there's never just one product that I typically put my older pets with osteoarthritis on. I will use a multi-modal uh, approach to this. So we try different things. And then some pets, once we get all that on board, then we can really work on some s- soft exercise very short leash leash walks. If we have a pool like we do in Las Vegas, swimming is a great muscle builder. It doesn't bear any weights on the joints and allows them to use their legs. So we want to make sure a pet is not going to be more uncomfortable. um, If if, So you have to control the pain first, but then that can be a great way to help build up that muscle. And in many areas and some big metro, metro, metropolitan big cities um we have areas that have um pet physical therapy departments and actually in las vegas there's a a department in one of the specialty clinics where we have physical therapy to help build muscle tone in pets that are recovering from illnesses and injuries as well as things like um older pets with arthritis so that's a great thing now Another option, kind of in this multiple ways of hitting things, is um, there's a medicine called Adequan. And it's oh, he's another done that type. Before. He has been on that. Uh huh. Did that help? It really helped him tremendously, but it's, it's very expensive. So we kind of did it sparingly. Yeah, and, and that's the downside. It's an injectable form that helps to kind of rebuild the cartilage um, and help keep that joint as healthy as possible. And a lot of pets can really benefit from it, but it's because of the cost. Sometimes it's not the first thing that we'll jump to. But for a lot of pets that we've tried everything else in the world, it can really be um, very helpful for these guys. So Great. And what, what should he be sleeping on? Should he be sleeping on special bedding? That's a great comment. Yes, absolutely. For older pets, pets that have arthritic issues, I would definitely go for some nice padded bedding, make sure that we're not sleeping on hard floors, and we want to try to make sure that they're off cool areas. Um, a lot of times they're drawn to that, but we want to make sure they're not close to chills and things like that. So, yes, oh, nice, soft, padded orthopedic bedding is a way to go. So, yes, thank you for bringing up those wonderful points. And for our senior pets out there, there's a lot we can do. So, definitely Work with your veterinarian to find the right plan for your pet. Okay. And go that give, is wonderful. Go Thank give you. your senior pet a big old hug from all of us here at Animal Radio. I appreciate your call. 
I will. Thanks for your help. 1-866-405-8405 to connect with any one of the Dream Team toll-free. Let's, uh, how about we talk to Josh? You want to talk to Josh? Hey, Josh, how are yeah. you doing? Good, and you? Splendid. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Is that home? Yes. Okay. What's that? I just asked if that was home. <laughs> I'm being nosy. <laughs> you asked for what he had for lunch, too? Yeah. <laughs> well, what's going on, Josh? This is Dr. Debbie here. I have a, uh, she's about six months Shih Tzu that we've gotten, we've had in the family for six months now. And, um, we, she has a constant battle of fleas. We have tried everything from collars to dips to drops to shampoos to bombing the house out with, um, you know, to get rid of the, all the insects and stuff. And we cannot get rid of them and we feel so bad for her. I mean, it gets mm-hmm. to the point where they end up on my daughter some, a lot of times, or well, my wife even. Oh yeah, Ugh. icky. I know fleas. Fleas are nasty things, and I, I'd have to tell you this. This, among many years, we've had some really bad flea seasons across the country. So the thing you have to realize is fleas exist outdoors. You are not going to kill all the fleas in the world. The the goal and the challenge that you have is to try to control them on your dog and in your home. So as long as your doggy is going outside we have the risk of being reinfested with fleas. So you got to recognize that because a lot of people get very frustrated with flea control. And obviously, we want them out of our house and off of the pets and ourselves. But this is a cycle that is always going to be at risk if you're in a heavy flea area. So um, for me, that's the, the first thing. And the next steps that we really have to look at is that Flea control isn't a one-time thing. Um, it can take repeated treatment for the flea life cycle to really be extinguished. So um, you just keep in mind, uh, when we talk about fleas and their life cycle, uh, 5% of the whole flea life cycle accounts for the adults that are actually on the pet. So there's 95% of fleas that are in the eggs, the pupa, and the larva stages elsewhere in your home that have not hatched. So you may be treating your pet, but in order to kill off those immature stages, it's going to take more work. And that's the biggest thing is to really stay faithful. So I always say we got to go for at least three months continuously before we can expect those all those different generations of the flea life cycle to be squashed. And if your pet is going back outside, we're getting reinfested. So you're getting new generations that are going to be coming on, new adults that are going to be popping onto the pet. So um, that is just the facts of life when it comes to fleas. So, um, is there any you know, without, better than the other ones? You know, there's a lot of question about that. And I'll tell you, what I recommend is really using different products that hit different cycles of the flea life cycle. So if you're just using a flea collar, eh, you know, most of those really aren't very effective in treating a pet um, globally for this flea problem. So I like to use a combination of an oral product and kind of like a spot-on product. And what many of the oral products do is they're quick kills. So those you generally give once a month. Sometimes we'll do those more frequently, even as often as a couple times a week, um, daily in really bad cases. Those you'll need to see your veterinarian for. But those kill off the adults very effectively, and many of them... um, Shortly after the pill, those suckers will be hopping off. So um, I always kind of recommend to do this and keep your pets outside to keep those <laughs> fleas from hopping back on. Um, but but that is definitely um, a good way is to start with the orals to kill off the adults. And then we follow up with a product that has something that's going to affect the
the different generations of the fleas. So with those, um, you know, just throwing out some different names out there. Um, for instance, Frontline is their basic product. Frontline Plus has a component that treats those immature forms. So you want to kind of work with your veterinarian and make sure you're getting the right stuff and that we're using it frequently enough. Um, there is some also talk out there that there could be resistance that fleas are developing to a lot of our common uh, pest control products or flea control products. And there's some debate on that, um, but um, some different strategies we find is that if we use different products and we kind of switch it up um, at different times of the season, um, you know, kind of helps to not stick with one product and, and hopefully that those fleas don't get resistant to our efforts with those um, those medications. So. So I don't have a single product that I would really tell you, but, um, you know, some of the different oral ones, uh, Capstar is one, um, and then, you know, Advantage or Advantix 2 is another that has an insect growth regulator that gets kind of more generations of fleas. So that is kind of the scoop. And, and I would have to tell you, if she's 10, you said 10 months old, 5 months old? She's 6 months old. Six months old. So she's just a baby. So she's, you know, she's just developing those whole generations of eggs, going to larva, going to the pupa, and then going to the adult. So you're going to have to keep battling this. Now, do you have cats, um, other pets in the home? I have one um, cat. She's uh, 10 years old. She stays in the house. Okay. So, and then we also have to make sure we are treating her for fleas at the Absolutely same time. Absolutely, we do. It's a, it's a battle Good. trying to get her and trying to clean her up, but <laughs> she does yeah. not like the water. <laughs> yeah, and you know, that's where, you know, baths and dips, you know, you can do that, but in a lot of cases, um, you know, I, I'm a fan of some of the spot on products that have a sustained effect that lasts for about a month. Um, you may find less scratches, uh, giving your cat a, or giving that than giving your cat a bath. Um, but okay. always with kitties, and I like to just kind of get that out there for listeners. Cats are very sensitive to, um, a lot of the dog. Um, flea control products. So you don't want to mix and match. You always want to use the full amount of the product on your pet, whether it's a dog or cat. Don't split doses to try to save money between your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. Hey, everyone. This is Life Tips with Geico. Life Tip 1. Use a shower squeegee to remove pet fur from carpet. Squeegee is also very fun to say. Consider it when naming a pet or child. Life Tip 2. Switch to GEICO and you could save hundreds on your car insurance. With over 75 years of experience and a 97% customer satisfaction rating, they know what they're doing. GEICO. Get savings into your life. Visit GEICO.com today. This is Greg Biffle on Animal Radio. And remember to spade and neuter your pets. Alan Cable, welcome to another mess. Let's start it off right with your beer news watch. Beer for dogs? We plan on getting a Rottweiler. Well, any bet will tell you, dogs should never be given beer. Their livers don't metabolize alcohol the same way we do. And things like hops can hurt many dogs. 
It's sad that dogs up until this point couldn't enjoy beer, but a company called Wolf and Brew released a beer specifically for dogs. Are you ready to enjoy one with your dog? I'm just in my boxers right now. <laughs> this stuff has no alcohol or hops or carbonation. It's easy and safe for dogs to digest. So now you can share a beer with your best buddy. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. We're celebrating the connection with your pet, and if any chance you need a fix during the week, you can do that over at AnimalRadio.pet. Animal Radio, yes, dot pet. Dot pet. Dot pet. It's a brand new uh, domain. There. How cool Isn't is it? that? I love it. Uh, of course, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android, too. Um, in fact, we're going to go back to the phones for your calls, but first, let's find out what's happening in the newsroom with Lori Brooks. Well, you know, chickens are pets, too, right? Sure. I mean, uh-huh. you know, a lot of people have chickens as pets these days. But now they're making, actually for farmers, this vest that you put on a chicken, and the chicken feels your love. Ooh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> it is amazing. Okay, chicken love on the way in just a couple of minutes. Let's go to the phones. You ready, Doc? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of like someone has some weird fetish there. <laughs> yeah, chicken fetish. Me, I promise. Hey, Dave. Hey, how you doing? Doing good. What's on your mind? I had a few questions for uh, Dr. Debbie. Okay. Yeah. Number one, my little dog just had surgery. Oh, no, a, for what? Well, he got a bone uh, lodged in his intestines. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, I had to have it surgically removed. It was a it was a T bone, it was a beef bone, but uh he seems to be doing okay now and I'm just kinda keeping an eye on him and stuff. I just wondering if you've ever heard of that before. Oh gosh, yeah. And uh unfortunately you're probably the one in a couple hundred or maybe a couple thousand where this is gonna happen and people are out there going, I fed my dog's bones for years and years and never had a problem. You and your baby have been the on the unfortunate receiving end of that rare one that does have a problem. So this is why we don't, that's like say, no bones, no bones for dogs. Um, because, yeah, they definitely can get caught anywhere from the mouth to the butt and, and get hung up. So how, how recently did he have surgery? Um, last Saturday. Last Saturday, okay. And yeah. I'm assuming he's at home with you now? Well, I'm a long-haul truck driver, so he's in the um, uh, PSCU right now. Okay, so he's still there. And um, as far no, as is he having the, problems? or That's the passenger seat carry unit. Oh. <laughs> so he's right next was, to you. <laughs> he's right next to me. Okay, I thought that was some abbreviation for an animal hospital. <laughs> so how is he doing? He's doing good. He's starting to get a uh, back full of vinegar and stuff, so he's... Uh, He's perking up really good. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised how fast they recover. I know I'd probably still be in a bed somewhere if I had that done. So, do me a favor. Tell all the other pet pet owners, pet guardians, not to feed their animals bones. People think it's okay to do that. They say, "Oh, what, what if we boil it, or what if we cook it?" it bones under no circumstance, right, Doc? I, I, I want to hear Dave say it though. <laughs> He's been. I, I thought that when he was asking me, "Please do not give your dogs bones." It, uh, that was an eleven hundred dollar experience, which I would have spent more if it would have took it. But uh, no, no more bones. Lots of rawhides. Lots of love. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that uh, your baby's on, on the mend and you know, hopefully be you know coming along pretty good and feel no adverse effects for things. So everything else is going good with him as far as eating and pooping and doing is all good dog fun? Yes, ma'am. Very good. Well, thank you for sharing your story there, Dave, and we're... Sorry to hear of that bad news, but glad to hear that. Hopefully we can help some other listeners and um, definitely learn from your experience. What was your other question before we okay, run out of time? Question, real quick was, um, I wondered if you had any ideas on how to convert him to dry dog food and uh, okay, what I, the type might be. Alrighty, Is he pretty much a canned dog food eater or does he eat people food? Well, no, I don't give him people food. I, um, I feed him a pedigree. And I do put down some dry irons food for him that he nibbles on um, very infrequently. But mm-hmm. uh, I'd like I'd like to convert him over to uh, dry food only. And, and I tried that before, and the vet said, "This, you know, no matter if you got to go two or three days, just put it down, and he'll get hungry, he'll eat it." Well, about the fourth day, I broke down and some uh, <laughs> wet food, so. Well, I like to do a, a diminishing return, so a little bit of the canned, a little bit of the dry, and then slowly lean the proportions the other way so we're not doing it kind of cold turkey on them. Um, that's probably the best way to do it. The other um, quick thing you can try is to get some low-salt chicken broth and soak some of the dry food, make it a little bit mushy, let them get used to the taste, let them get used to the texture of that, maybe before you get them over to that food entirely. But that might be something else you can try as well. How about the stuff they sell on Petco and stuff, the little gravies that you can put on? Is that, is that? Um, oh, sh- yeah, that, that may work as well. Um, you know, it's just a little extra calories, a little extra yummies. Um, but, uh, as long as he's still eating the food underneath that, I have some pups where they'll still lick the gravy and leave the food behind. So, um, but you can try that as well. So thank you so much for your call, Dave. It's great to have a faithful listener and, uh, we can wish your baby all the best in his recovery. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio at 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Learn more at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N pets.com. Hi, this is Mayim Bialik on Animal Radio. Please adopt a pet. When's the best time to enjoy twisted tea? Why don't we do a little A hard iced tea brewed like a beer that tastes like real iced tea because it's made with real iced tea. Hanging out at the pool, fishing with your buddy. Twisted tea, hard iced tea tastes great anytime. Cool, refreshing, smooth, but with a kick. Why don't we do Twisted Tea, real iced tea taste with a kick. Twisted Tea Brewing Company, Cincinnati, Ohio, drink responsibly. Hi, this is Doug Gray of the Marshall Tucker Band, and forever you'll always be listening to Animal Radio. Keep loving those pits. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Imagine leaving your pet at home while you go off to work, and the pet turns on the smart TV. 
and chooses a program that he or she wants to watch. Well, recently, this field of animal-computer interaction, known as short ACI, has begun to explore in detail exactly how animals use technology. The hope is that better understanding animals' relationship with technology will mean that we can use it to monitor and improve their lives. Now, one researcher says he has found that dogs like to watch videos of other dogs. And if you've seen a dog on the TV while you're watching TV with your dog, you probably agree. So he's out to expand on this theory, and he's been tracking dogs' faces, their eyes specifically, while they watch various programming featuring other dogs in an attempt to work out how to best make shows just for dogs. You had to know it was coming. Mm. Elsewhere, the Imagineering Institute in Malaysia is attempting to provide physical comfort to chickens, which they say have high levels of cognition and feelings. And also, did you know, chickens benefit greatly from physical contact. Mm. So, welcome to the world of virtual chicken petting. I kid you not. (laughs) To artificially, yep, they will replicate physical interaction between chickens and their farmers. The researchers have developed a chicken jacket that allows humans to give the chicken wearing it a virtual hug. I want to know how many farmers actually pet their chickens. Well, you know, they here in uh, California, they say that happy chickens, or is that cows? It's happy, happy cows. 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 But I'm sure yeah. happy chickens happy lay chickens. more eggs, too. Better eggs, <laughs> yeah, too. better eggs. Oh, I bet they taste better, yeah. yeah. I would love to hear from people in the rural areas that have chickens if they pet them. If it, it means that they're going to lay more eggs or it like makes them happier farm animals. My neighbor pets their chickens. Yes, they do. I actually have seen them pet their chickens. But they're pet chickens. Well, they are they, pet They're chickens. like family members. Yeah, it's not a big farm. Do you have chickens, Lori? No, I, I don't. I did when I was a kid, but I agree with Dr. Debbie. How is a farmer going to have... But it's because the farmer doesn't have time to pet his chickens <laughs> that they've made this. So when the farmer strokes a touch-sensitive chicken model, it sends a signal via the Internet to the jacket being worn by the chicken which replicates the feeling of being stroked by its human. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Why can't they do that for cats and dogs? Yeah. You know, they probably could. I guess because with chickens, they're happier, so they're producing more, and who knows? I want one of those coats. (laughs) (laughs) Stroke me, would you? And I want the Uh, control. Well, we're uh, talking about chickens here. A story about a man whose companion animal is a hen, but this is not an ordinary pair. They're actually a very beautiful couple. This 24-year-old Frenchman and his pet chicken, Monique, have been on a sailboat for the last two years, sailing around the world. He says he picked Monique as his traveling companion because he wanted a pet for company, And a hen needs little looking after, and they also lay eggs, so she serves a great purpose. But he loves this hen. However, they are in love. They have started their journey in the Canary Islands, and then they went off and visited the Caribbean, and then they hit the Arctic, and now they are headed to Alaska at this time. And if you haven't seen their pictures... I got to tell you, Monique is gorgeous, and her young, hunky Frenchman is beautiful as well. But Monique <laughs> has a life that most humans would be envious of. Uh, I got to tell uh, you that, that. Yeah, I had a chance to talk to him. To, to the hunky Frenchman? You did? I did, yes, and he was in Greenland with Monique. Oh, you sound so excited. Oh. Look at you. You're so excited about that. <laughs> but he's a Frenchman. Well, have you seen his, his pictures? Yes. Now? 
Uh, I have. So is he going to be on the show? <laughs> he is. He's coming on uh, later in July. He's going to be on the boat for months. They are going around the world. So he'll be, he said actually he's coming down past Morro Bay. He's going to be in San Francisco and heading down. So yes, Awesome. We're going to have him on the show at the end of July. Sounds good. He he is so handsome, and she's a gorgeous chicken. And he posts these photos of them having like Valentine's dinners and beautiful <laughs> sunsets, and it's awesome. Well, something uh, also awesome, but boy, it came after a hard time. You know that mass killing in Florida. Mm-hmm. But something good coming about, the Pet Alliance of Greater Orlando Shelter says it will offer assistance to the pets of people affected by the shooting at the Pulse nightclub by providing short-term care for the pets of those who were injured in the shooting. Now, that could be a lot of pets. You know, there were 49 people killed and 53 injured at that time. Now, for those pets whose owners were, you know, killed in the shooting, if a surviving loved one in their family doesn't want to step up and care for the pet of the deceased, the Pet Alliance says it will find a home and take care of those animals, Mm. but they will find them a new home. That's good. That's really good news. Thank you, Pet Alliance, for doing yes. that. Yeah, there and you know there could be multiple pets in in one family. Absolutely. Just, I mean, and if something happened to us, I think, because we're such pet lovers, we would absolutely want for something like yep. that to happen. Uh huh. Someone would step up. Mm-hmm. So, if you're ready for a laugh, okay. An update on a story we did a few weeks ago. We told you about that giant inflatable dog poop pile that was put up in a small town in Spain. Yep. It was their attempt to deter dog owners from leaving their dogs doo-doo in the streets. Would you believe, my friends, that that giant inflatable turd has been stolen? No. I swear. Gone. The town council also put up signs encouraging residents to clean up after their pets and ask them, you know, to help promote the campaign by sharing pictures of themselves standing by the inflatable poop pile using the hashtag no mascacas. But, you know, it's not like you could, I mean, and it did garner a lot of publicity. And it was such a huge hit that the town is really missing its inflatable pile of dog poop. And, in fact, has already ordered an exact replica of it. Well, maybe someone cleaned it up. Did did anyone (laughs) check the trash cans? I'm just thinking. But, I mean, it's not like you're going to be able to put it anywhere. That's a -a one-of-a-kind piece of uh, poop. Yeah, Yeah. you can't really hide that poop, can you? (laughs) No, (laughs) it was a big one. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime you need it at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Now, I've decided for the 4th of July that Ladybug the Studio Stunt Dog, she won't be joining us for fireworks. But she does like a little, uh, she likes to hang with the party that we have, the pre-fireworks party. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to clean her up. I'm going to do the, I'm going to grab the Lucy Pet Product Shampoo, which... Uh, I don't know which flavor we're going to use. Yeah, let's go ahead and try the uh, Surf and Jack, which is a coconut one, because it's kind of a beachy outdoor party. Okay. She should smell like coconuts. That sounds good. Of course, we love Lucy Pet Products because they give back to the animals all of their proceeds, all of their profits from this. Go to the Lucy Pet Foundation, a registered 501c3 charity that helps animals in local communities. So we we got a clean dog that smells like coconuts, (laughs) and we're helping the animals at the same time. Well, good day, David. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. Where are you? Uh, I'm in Little Rock, Arkansas. Little Rock, Arkansas. How can we help you today, David? 
Okay, my question is this. I have ten and your, a ten-and-a-half-year-old Yorkie Poo, and uh, he rides in the truck with me. He's been doing it for about ten years now. I'm a trucker. And I usually would able to give him just about anything, and it wouldn't bother him. But in the last six months or so, uh, he gets the runs at the drop of a hat. And even even I, I started mixing his food with some some uh, canned food to kind of make it a little bit more palatable for him. Mm-hmm. And it, that was okay. But even now, that bothers him. What what's going on with my dog? Okay, so is the problem that he's not eating, or is it just that he's having loose stools? Loose stools. Okay, so his appetite is sound, that's good? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then I would not add in canned food, because that can ruin the whole process of what you're trying to do. If you're having loose stools with your pet, and you add in canned food, that actually can have a tendency for many pets to loosen up the stool. Um, there's a lot more moisture content in that, and it, it's kind of like, you know, be like eating a lot of pumpkin pie if you have diarrhea. It, it's not going to help things in any way there. So I would really be looking more at our diet structure as far as what we are feeding, and there are some diets we'll go to a higher fiber content if we want to firm up the stool some. Now, the other thing I'm going to say is I would certainly make sure we have the stool and your pet checked at the veterinarian because, you know, we could have something like worms. We can have other issues going on. There's problems in digestion with a pancreas that can cause a chronic problem with loose stools. I'd say the number one problem in most cases is we choose a diet that doesn't agree with our pet's bowels. And the number one thing I look at when I pick a food, a lot of people say, what's the best food out there, doc? It's going to be the best one that agrees with your pet. That's always one of the first things. So do they like it? And does it produce nice, solid poops that are consistent? So that might be something we look at. Is the current food you're going with, you know, maybe nothing bad against the company, but it may not be the trick for your pet. And to change that, we would find another and kind of gradually introduce that new diet over a period of about a week to two weeks. See what the poops go like. And then we can make a decision. Is it better, worse, no different? Um, but I would certainly, before we start on the strategy of trying different foods and moving around, you know, like I said, I'd make sure your baby's checked out A-OK by the vet and bring a nice uh, bag of poop for the vet. It really makes our day when you guys do that. <laughs> <laughs> you like that stuff. It's weird. one 405 to talk to any one of the Dream Team right now here at Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Bellamy and the Bellamy Brothers, and we're on Animal Radio. Love your animals. For over a decade, Viagen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Viagen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for Animal Radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. You know, like a lot of you, I used to struggle to get to sleep. Of course, that was before I met Mike Lindell and was fit for my pillow. I've never slept so well or felt so rested. That's because my pillow is fit to you, the kind of sleeper you are. You know, if you're a back sleeper or a side sleeper or how big or small you are. My pillow is the pillow with the perfect fit. Then at night, I move the patented my pillow fill just to the right place for me, you know, to support my head and to cradle me like, well, you know. 
Let me tell you, a good night's sleep is a life changer. My pillow doesn't go flat, it doesn't get hot, and I sleep like a baby. Now it's your turn. I have a very special offer for you. Buy one my pillow, and we'll give you one for your partner free. Call 800-867-0058 and use the promo code AR for your free pillow. And start sleeping better right away. Call 800-867-0058 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use the promo code AR for two life-changing pillows for the price of one. Make the call. Animal Radio, we're celebrating the connection with your pets toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie or dog father Joey Volani. And we welcome back to the show Zach George, the young training phenomenon that you've seen all over YouTube. And Hey, Zach, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for calling me young. I appreciate that. Well, you, you are. <laughs> I'm old as dirt. Compared That's to why. Us. Compared to me. So this is uh, your second appearance here. You have a brand new book out called Dog Training Revolution, the complete guide yep. to, uh, I can't read that small. That's how old I am. It's uh, the complete guide, guide to, to raising, raising the perfect pet with love. How's it doing? It's doing really, really well so far, actually. You know, you never know how a new project like this is going to do. And this is my first book ever. So. I honestly didn't know how it was going to do, but um, we are, you know, definitely a bestseller in the category of dog training, so I don't think you can ask for much better than that. No, you really sure exciting. can't. Well, you've done very well <laughs> on uh, the social media arena, the YouTube videos where you give free advice. Didn't anyone tell you you shouldn't be giving free <laughs> advice like don't that? Don't give that away for free. And uh, yeah, also blogs. You have a, a blog and, and uh, all of these things, uh, just phenomenal. And you have a training technique, which is much different than a lot of other trainers. It's really positive training, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, when we look for things to find right about what our dogs are doing, rather than relying on correcting them for doing things we don't like, we know that our results are going to be much better, and our dogs are actually going to enjoy listening to us. That's really the key. Well, you're trying to make it fun for both the owner, the guardian, and the dog. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it should be an enjoyable experience. No one gets a dog with the aim of of simply dominating them and making their life unpleasant, because that's not fun for the person or the dog. We all get dogs because we want to improve our quality of life and maybe make the life better for a homeless dog or a dog that, that doesn't have a good situation. But doesn't it start with the selection of the dog? You should get a dog that kind of fits your lifestyle. If you get a dog that runs around and is very energetic and you try to punish him for that and correct that, that's kind of his breed. You need a dog that's a little less active. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a huge point. We go into depth in that in the book. So this book is really good for people who are trying to figure out the best kind of dog to get for them. And you hit the nail on the head with energy level. Uh, I think one of the biggest things wrong with our culture in terms of how we evaluate whether a dog is right for us is we place too much emphasis on a dog's breed and not enough emphasis on the individual dog's characteristics, including but not limited to their energy level. For example, a, a hyper uh, a hyper Jack Russell Terrier <laughs> might require a, a lot more time and effort than, say, a lazy Border Collie, for example. So. Uh, I, I have to laugh because I did my research and I did not want a Jack Russell because of their energy level. And I went to a rescue and they said it was a Chihuahua, but it turned out to be 50% Jack yeah, Russell. Russell with the energy level. <laughs> but I think, you know, yeah, that's a- such a great point that you make because I see a lot of people that get into 
of breeds and they, they adore a breed, but they really, as they're, as they change through their life, the breed is maybe the most ideal for them to have a, you know, short haired pointer when you're not a very active, retired uh, person and, you know, you don't really walk your dogs. So I think that sometimes people really get that in their mind of, I love Cocker Spaniels, but then they're not prepared to deal with, say, the hair coat or other issues that are with that. Yeah, there are things about that with specific breeds, like you mentioned, with shedding that are very important. In the book, we actually show you how to uh, kind of categorize a dog as a level energy one, two, or three dog, three being a real high-energy dog. And the higher-energy dogs require more maintenance as a general rule and lots of time and uh, activities. But they can also learn some of the most phenomenal things uh, imaginable, too. So. Well, you know what? I'm just about to take our Jack Russell Terrier on a trip. I like traveling during the summer. In fact, this is the first summer that I will travel a lot with Ladybug, the studio stunt dog. What kind of cool tricks and tips can you give me on this? Yeah, in terms of traveling, you just want to make sure that your dog is as comfortable as possible. Uh, ideally, you know, I'm a bigger fan of driving dogs instead of flying dogs. So if it's avoidable, I, I generally recommend um, avoiding uh, flying your dogs for a variety of reasons that, that I'll cover in the book and won't bore you with here. Um, but, you know, you have to stop pretty frequently. It's also a good idea to get their energy out of them before a major road trip to encourage them to rest. And exercise seems to greatly de- decrease all types of anxiety, or at least almost all types of anxiety. Kind of um, like and, with and, kids. You want to get your kid out there running around the yard before you throw him in the car for five hours. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that's what they tell me. Yeah, I don't have kids, <laughs> but I, it, sounds, it sounds reasonable to me, for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, the last time I traveled uh, with Ladybug and I saw there was other dogs, we, we traveled by, fly, uh, by air, and we paid, mm-hmm. uh, what, $50 to have the dog sit next to us. But I noticed there was some other dogs that they were supposedly service dogs, but they were not behaving very well. So I, I suspect uh, they were not service dogs. Yeah, we actually addressed that in the book. That's so funny because I just uh, got a message from someone on Facebook who had just finished reading the book and commended me for uh, the way we address the service dog issue. And, and it's so important that people not abuse that. You know, we have some great organizations like AKC and such. Why can't we have some kind of central organization that really <laughs> uh, registers and, and, and certifies yeah. service dogs? That's oh, my well, that's, Yeah, it's a complex one. That's a, that's a great question. Uh, but yeah, to, to, it's out of my pay grade. Well, it looks like a great book. In fact, I'm going to give away 10 copies right now. It's Zach George's Dog Training Revolution, The Complete Guide to Raising the Perfect Pet with Love. If you're not lucky enough to get on through at 1-866-405-8405, head on over to Amazon right now and order it up or head to your bookstore. And if they don't have it, say, I'm not shopping here anymore until you get this book. Zach George's Dog Training Revolution. Zach, thank you so much for hanging with us today. Oh, my privilege. Well, there you go. It has just flown by once again. I remind you, if you didn't hear at the top of our show, if uh, you plan to have Fourth of July fireworks or be anywhere near them this weekend, please uh, leave the dogs inside. Let them, you know, cuddle up inside with their favorite food and treats and, and some music. And for yourself, stay away from the guy that only has three fingers. Have yourself a safe and great fourth. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.